0: On the Rebel Sports Network from Learfield, this is the Marcus Arroyo Show. Brought to you by Fenley Chevrolet. Fenley Chevrolet is your home of the Woo, located on the 215 Beltway between Rainbow and Jones. And by Dossekes, a proud sponsor of UNLV Athletics. Get a dose. Enjoy Dossekes responsibly. This is your home for the UNLV Rebels. Now, here are your hosts, Caleb Herring. And the voice of the Rebels, Russ Langer.
1: Yeah, along with Steve Cofield, it's the Marcus Arroyo Radio Show. We appreciate you joining us. The Rebels coming off a tough loss against Fresno State at Allegiant Stadium this past Friday night, 37-30 to the final. And they're playing at Hawaii, the last road game of the regular season. This Saturday night, the Ninth Island Showdown. And it's sponsored by the California Hotel. Kickoff will be 8 o'clock Pacific time. And so the rebels uh, set sail for the islands, and uh, they'll try to keep the ninth island showdown pineapple trophy. They won it last year, beating Hawaii by a score of twenty-seven to thirteen. Coach, we, uh, we know you're at the at the rebel hoop game yesterday. They'd love to get your feedback on that. A terrific win over a ranked team.
2: Absolutely, man! What an awesome environment. I mean, I was just, I was just so pumped up. It was late because it was like an eight tip and. I don't get out of here until about nine, 9 o'clock, and I, I jammed over there. I was like, this is perfect. So uh, it was awesome, man, awesome, awesome environment. What a game. Uh, Coach Kruger's got – Kevin's got those guys playing really well, man. I just – I love hoops. I, lo- I love the defense. I love all the little things that are kind of – I've told you guys I like practice, man. I like I like watching guys that are that, – that you can see the practice come out to life, guys moving off the ball defense, I mean, vision, court space, I mean, just all the stuff that basketball has to offer, um, I guess, is just kind of what I'm, I'm a sucker for. So big-time win, man, big-time win, and big time for, for for everybody. I think that osmosis I've, I've seen in other places work really well in athletic programs when basketball's good and track's good and softball's good and golf's good and swimming's good and volleyball's good. I mean, that, that osmosis creates a cool culture for everybody, and and uh, and I'm into it, man. That was awesome.
3: I think it also gives you a glimpse of what the UNLV fan community can do because when they have a big game and they're fired up about something, man, they turn out. And I think the crowds are going to get bigger as long as the runner rebels keep winning. But I thought the crowd was a big part of it. And I know they're doing a student initiative. There were like 1,200 students there. It just changes the whole deal when there's a ton ton of fans at these games.
2: It does. I mean, it's just uh, to get that type of engagement – in all aspects, it, it, it really, it really reminds you why you like to be part of such a thing, you know, at, at any level, you know, and, and, um, you know, I've been there places across the country, you know, places going back to like Oklahoma State, even when you go like watch a, you go watch a wrestling match, Oklahoma State, or a basketball game, or a softball game, or a baseball game, or football, when it starts to be collective, and then you move, you know, Oregon was the same thing, you're talking about two kind of know smaller towns that are kind of into it but that that's what when you start to do you know it's i've mentioned this thing before i don't know if it was to you guys or not but um you know as a coach and, and and what we do as a profession it's bigger than just like our one sport like when you're recruiting athletes and you're able to tell them like hey when you're walking around you're not the you're not the big guy on campus now you're you're walking around with championship basketball players you're walking around championship baseball players you're walking championship softball championship swimmers championship volleyball like that culture that's really fun to recruit to and to be a part of at collectively because it raises the standards of everything around and you, and it really, you really start to get a full feel of, of an atmosphere. And that's, I, you know, a lot of people think, Oh, you want to be the the only, only sport, you know, you like to do this and that like, Oh no, man, I want to be part of a big picture. That, that is a, I've been part of that. It's a big ass deal. It's really fun. And, and it starts to engage the city and, and it's, it spreads like wildfire, man. And, uh, And I'm just glad to be part of it. And we're trying to build and and catch up with those other teams right now.
4: I I know you're you're neck deep in in finishing up your own season with football. You know, in November, these games matter and obviously is is big for football. But you talk about the osmosis of being around. And this time of year is always fun on college campuses, at least the way I remember it, when all the sports are in, in swing, kind of getting going. The excitement's new. How much do you even post it, just maybe a look ahead into after how much do you encourage mm-hmm. your team to get out and be in the audience for those games and to and to participate in the atmospheres like the Dayton game and, and like the Lady Rebels and the volleyball team and all the excitement around the other sports? How important is that for a college program?
2: It is. It absolutely is. And I think that those guys – and I think these guys are starting to understand that, what I mean by it, and the engagement. It's hard for us, obviously, because it's so – that's so demanding them from, a, you know, 5 a.m., 6 a.m., start Would you start, and then we're out of here at 8 p.m. meetings, and I tell them to get to bed and all that stuff. So but as the season winds down, like you said, then they're going to – they're automatically encouraged to engage in the community, to engage in the other sports, because those people are engaging us. And, and, and they'll and we'll never – I'll never let these guys walk around thinking they're the – you know they're the only thing in town. That's sure. That's sure as heckin' about what we're, what we're here as culture or program building, and by any stretch of the imagination. These guys will be encouraged. They'll be supported. They'll they'll see me there. They'll be they'll be going with me. We'll be going together, and uh, that's just part of the deal, man. That that that's that's what makes college and that atmosphere exciting.
3: I know Caleb enjoyed running Rebel games back in the day. It's funny. I was sitting in the stands doing my sideline gig, and. Uh, EJ Harkless was getting all heated. You know, there was a, a double technical in the game, and he came out. He goes back in. And I hear someone over my shoulder yell, "Hey, 55, stay calm, keep it together." And I look over, and it's Essence Booker. I think it was Essence. <laughs> Might have been Desiree Young from the Lady Rebels. Right, like, right. you know, because the the and the athletes want to root on the other athletes, right? I mean, it's, yeah. a, it's a whole community.
4: It's, it's a fun thing because like you said, you're used to seeing the athletes doing what they're doing on TV, whether it's them watching you or you watching them, you kind of see it from a distance, but you appreciate the craft more when you have a, a deeper relationship with them, right? Like, their work may look different and, you know, Coach is talking about the, the different nuances of basketball and practice and what makes basketball fun and exciting. That's a different thing from football, but it's it's cool to watch competitors compete regardless, and I think that's the intensity that you get from packing the Mac, which is what we used to say back in the day, and um, going mm-hmm. out to volleyball games and stuff like that—that that kind of intensity—you can't help but duplicate it, right? Even if it's across sports, it's—it's kind of crazy. Osmosis is probably the best word I've used, I've heard used for it. But how that's palpable throughout the university and how the entire athletic department has sort of an influence on the rest of the moving parts. So that it's—it's it's a really cool thing. It's fun exciting i i, I want to get back out to the mac as well I, w- I need my son to start getting that fire you know i want my son to start yelling at at players to c- keep it cool that that'd be awesome <laughs> but um it's a fun time and i, I i'm excited for it And I, i'm more excited being the football player understanding uh the, the the time of season that you're in right now and in november mm-hmm. and late into the season the weather changing and the game still meaning something. it's i you know you get excited about it. there's a lot of talk about the nerves and the pressure of trying to get the last two but it's fun for me watching and watching the guys and, you know, the staff in this moment, um, having meaningful games in November. It's it's a new thing for the program, right?
2: Yeah. I mean, you got, you guys know, I mean, candidly, better than me. I, I've studied it, I've looked, you know, and, and looked at it. And, and the reason that we're here is to make – make things grow, make things important, make the program gel with, with everything in the community and everybody around us and, and continue to be, you know, be, be an aggressor and, and be real. And, and I think we're starting to get that. And I think part of that is part of that steps and those stages we talked about is like you just said, and I've said it, you've heard me say it, is, is at the end of the year you want it to be meaningful and, and you want November to mean something and you want the, you want to be playing for things. And we're playing for something. And that's, that's the goal. That's, those, that's, that's one step in building this thing. And it's a huge step, man. And so I've not let our guys at all, by, by and you guys, and I'm a broken record, I have not let them flinch one bit because that is hard to get in this situation, regardless where you are. I mean, you ask anybody. I mean, it's hard to win a football game. It's hard for things to really matter down the stretch after a long season and going through and being battled mentally, physically, emotionally, to being where we're at now and having it important. It is going to be a, it is a big step in growth for, for, for our program, our kids, our coaches, our community. And uh we're a thousand percent mission focused, man. My job's to eliminate the gray. I told him that this week. I said, the closer we get to something like this, guys, you gotta understand that I'm gonna have zero tolerance from anything that's not mission focused because that just goes to tell me that guys don't understand the importance of what we're trying to get done, and not just for our program, for everyone involved in this thing, for a city, for a program, for the people that used to plan this. I mean, all of it, man. And so um, I hope that's reflective in the way that yeah, that people are seeing us work the way our guys are, are resonating with each other, the importance that they're playing and, and the style they're playing with and and uh how much care and passion we're we're excited about in these last two weeks.
4: you talked about growth and i there's there's something I wanted to ask you about and just get your your thoughts on the evidence of growth and in, in a program there's a lot of different ways that it comes about obviously winning is is one of the easiest ones to spot games matter in you November, know, things like that but Thinking about the Fresno State game and thinking about this season as compared to maybe last year with some of the one-possession losses that the team suffered, uh, this year's one-possession losses, thinking about Cal and uh, San Diego State and Fresno State that pop out in my mind, um, it feels different because of the frustration. And and the growth, I think, is measured in the frustration in those losses. I I don't know if that makes sense, the way I'm putting it. I'm trying to put it the best way. Um, But where the difference in the locker room is – man we were fortunate to be in that game last year and we were almost there we almost had them as opposed to this year where it's like we should have won that game could you explain the distinction and how maybe that's evidence of the program and and how it's grown to this point
2: yeah i mean it's it is hard to explain a little bit caleb i mean it's just um you know it's it's you put it together in the beginning and, and you're like wow we're 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 competing and I think that that was really important—a really important aspect that I made sure that guys understood and didn't deviate from the understanding of what that meant. Um, as you grow, you have to move forward. You've got to elevate. and You've got to take the next step. And now competing is one thing, but but the good, but a lot of people compete, you know. And now you got to compete, and you got to win, and you got to finish, and you got to have the knockout blow, and you got to have, you got to do things that finish a game off that you know are going to come down to the balance. And you've got to be ready for them, not just like oh man, it was there, up for the taking, and wow, we were cl- it was close enough for me to, to grab. Like it, oh, it was actually tangible. That's as you're talking about now. It's there. It's ours. We're not, We're winning. We're in position. We're in the driver's seat. We know what we got to get done, and we, and then unfortunately, sometimes you give it up, and we that's what you can't happen. So that's unfortunately, that is part of a process, and that sucks, and that pisses me off because it's just hard to work through, and as all of us, but um it is an important distinction that we made and and guys know that now that the standards now aren't that's going to be close it's we're going to finish we're going to go on the road and play the conference championships the, the, you know the, the conference champions on the road and, and whatever utah state we're going to go and we're going to go win a game that's it we're expecting winning, and so it's like a, those steps matter going into cal and having to finish that game and play catcher at the end matters having to take care of the ball at english state to make sure that game is ours matters um, and then to come home and Fresno State, kind of be in that game with a team you know you're going to score 40 points against, or whatever if you have to, um, to do some of those things is is right there, and it, and it matters. It does. It's just the way it, the way it's uh, received, and and um, and the way we're going about it is 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 uh, it's different. It, it is elevated, and I think that um, that is the sign, and that's a hard sign to put in numbers. It's not numerical. Um, A lot of times it's just has to be in the way you can see it's the way your identity and people see you play and, and and the style and so on and so forth. So I don't know if that makes sense, but that's kind of how sometimes you got to really, really get down to the granular piece of it.
1: We're going to dive headlong into the Fresno State game and the upcoming game against Hawaii on the Marcus Arroyo Radio Show. But first, a reminder, Rebel fans, before we take this time out, Lake Mead is at historic lows. Change your watering clock to your three assigned days per week right now. It's the law. Find your fall mandatory watering days at snwa.com. The Marcus Arroyo Radio Show rolls on. This is the UNLV Sports Network from Learfield.
0: It's the UNLV Football Coaches Show with head coach Marcus Arroyo on ESPN Las Vegas.
1: The Marcus Arroyo Radio Show. Russ Langer here with Caleb Herring and Steve Cofield. The friendly staff at Pueblo Medical Imaging is eager to take care of all of your radiology needs. And they offer same-day, next-day availability with top-of-the-line state-of-the-art equipment. They're open seven days a week with early morning and evening appointments to accommodate all patient schedules. Pueblo Medical Imaging. Rebels on Friday night uh, came razor close again against Fresno State. And uh, one of the bright spots, not just a bright spot for that game, but a bright spot all season, Mr. Automatic Daniel Gutierrez, the conference special teamer of the week, and a fellow who just keeps setting record after record. And, uh, Coach, uh, if you could just address for a moment the value uh, for you and for the squad of a place kicker as reliable as Danny.
2: Well, I mean, obviously he's a, he's a huge piece of what we've done um, here building this thing, and he's been really reliable. I mean, a reminder, he's a guy who, who was a walk-on guy that we put on scholarship because um, of the obviously the influence he has uh, both on and off the field and, and as a person and as a player in, in that order uh, with our program. And obviously kickers in, in any functional, uh, productive program are, are pivotal because they score, and uh, you see that anywhere. It's very simple um the nfl you look at college i mean the kickers are a huge piece um they're, they're undervalued in a lot of ways because it's not that's not seen as glamorous um but they win you the game and uh they may go unknown and they may they may to to the naked eye and and, and all that but um no one is bigger in our program no one's more important pivotable than, than anybody than, than dan than goop for us
4: The the mechanics on special teams is something I always appreciate because I I don't know if people know this or realize I held for my entire career at UNLV for the field goal unit, and I think that is one of the more cool relationships on the team. I think I appreciated kickers more because I was a part of the operations even when I was, you know, starting quarterback. Um, So how important is that relationship? When you look at the the individual success, it's sort of a microcosm, right, of a team where maybe Danny gets the award. He's the special team player of the week, but – the snap, the hold are just as important, just as pivotal to that process. How, how about those guys and what they've done as well?
2: Yeah, the operation's a, a huge piece, um, and it doesn't go undervalued with us. We I hold that to as high a standard as anything else. I, th- I think a lot of times that may fall by the wayside in regards to, you know, it's almost like uh, you expect it to be automatic. Well, there, there's nothing about that operation that's automatic. I mean, and and here's, the, here's how you know. If you've ever been on a team or been around or you watch – a team without a kicker and you watch their reaction and them hold their breath and th- and all that <laughs> right. then you realize how important to have a good kicker is you're like oh man we did we took that for granted and that's what you can not do and so you know and, and i think that that operation we don't take for granted those guys know that how important it is and uh i mean it's 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 a huge piece of what we do and there's a lot of there's a lot of starters on that team and so their their accountability on that team is no different than it would be on offense a defensive play
4: and having starters on, on special teams is, is one thing, but I, I know this week uh, there's a lot about the game that you, you, you saw that was good and positive. And one of those things that was just having guys back. And I know for me, from my vantage point, just seeing Six out there again, seeing Jeff back on the field, feels like the skill position, at least on the offensive side, felt more whole than it's been all season long. How did that feel as a coach just having everybody, or not everybody, but a lot of guys back in rotation even though it's late in the season?
2: Oh, it feels awesome, man. I mean, those guys, again, have so many reps, especially when you go back to how the offseason and how much chemistry they built and how fast they gelled uh, in those first five weeks. And then, you know, you hit the injury bug a little bit, and then they had to come back with some rust and a little – got to be careful because you go, okay, how much do I put on to Dar? Or how much do I put on to Aiden? Or how much do I put on to Jeff? And, and the, you know, you can't just come back and throw the whole thing at him, um, you know. And so – uh, there, there's a, there's a, there's a feel there, a field deal there uh, that we're constantly communicating with those guys and each other and the game plans, and uh, to have them back out there is is not only great for the for the physical piece and the tangible part of an offense and, and production, but I think the emotional and and, and, and mental piece that those guys bring, uh, the competitiveness that those guys bring to a practice, to the building, to the game, um, are hard to measure for for the for the naked eye, but a huge huge piece of what we do.
4: And I wanted to touch on two things that maybe two players, I guess, individually that maybe made it easier to ease Jeff and others back into the lineup, one on offense, Nick Williams, and the way he stepped up this year when Jeff was out. And then also BJ Harris and guys like Cam Oliver on the defensive side who made it maybe easier to uh, ease Ricky and others in the secondary back in at the rotation. How important were those guys in finding out and learning, if you will, that those guys could handle the reps? How important was that this season?
2: That And that that's, that's the development that when we guys, okay, it's about development. That's development, right? It's, it's Nick Williams developing as a second guy in the off season and just continuously putting in dark hour work and staying aggressive with his craft and not getting content with, Oh, I'm not the starter. Well, bang, bang, you're the starter and you're in Utah state. And here you got to go, bro. And, uh, and his maturity is exactly what we thought we saw when recruiting him. Um, his, his work ethic, uh, his commitment to the process. I mean he knows every he knows every position. That's the other thing. He knows all the wide receiver position. We got it down anywhere he'd go to X, Z, or F. And so uh, you know, and then you got guys like you mentioned BJ, who's a guy who's come in and he's continued to just work and work and work. And now when your numbers called and you're fully healthy, man, when you get in there, it's not about all right, I'm gonna get loosened up and I'm gonna I'm gonna ease into this thing. Man, we're in the crunch time of season, brother. You gotta go. And uh Cam Oliver, same thing. Um, you know, to get Ricky back, it's same thing. It's like it's a huge piece of development and and, and kind of driving the standards and and letting guys know collectively that, that when they're involved, um, their, their, their participation matters. And and so make it matter.
4: We talked just diving into now the Fresno state game the nuts and bolts of it. One of the the Achilles heels all season long, especially during this last stretch of games was the turnover bug. And I, I, I hesitate to ask this because I know it's a constant process, right? But do you ever get the feeling as a coach that, okay, we, the turnover bugs fixed, like it's, we figured it out. We're, we're taking care of the ball. It's higher priority now, and you come out of a game with zero turnovers after being a struggle the last few games. Does, does it ever feel like the turnover bug is fixed inside of the locker room?
2: Yeah, no, I, I think that it, I think you can fix it. I mean, it, it, it's, part of, it's part of what you got to do to coach it, and you got to make it an emphasis. It's been an emphasis for us. Um, since we've got here and and it's a big emphasis going into the season to take better care of the ball we did that obviously in those first five games I think we had only three turnovers and we had a bunch of takeaways we were on the other side of the we were in the top end of the country of, of, of turnover margin and then you get you get some new guys on the field man and you turn the ball over I think in those three games without Doug and then one with the dog I mean there's I think one four and one I think there's there's six turnovers and San Jose Air Force and Notre Dame which make it hard and you've got a bunch of new guys out there and then for Doug to come back and and have a little deal we had a turnover there on a fumble that was the one sitting state One we get guys back that's the one really that you're like man that was that was uncharacteristic to have guys back and that's where you know i i've been like man what could i have done more what could we could we have stretched out those debt drill work um and then you come back and press you no know, you're like hey guys that's not who we are and you don't have any and uh and so the majority the body of work um in regards to take care of the football we've shown we can do a good job of it and we can take it away and so uh that emphasis won't change it'll be magnified in 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 these last two weeks and as we move forward in this program and that's a huge piece of winning football and uh for the body work for the the majority of time we've done that and uh they realize when they don't it makes it hard
1: coach how important is it to get off to the type of fast start that the rebels were able to do against fresno state and how does that set up the offense's approach for the rest of the game
2: yeah, I mean, it's, it's there's a lot to that. Obviously, it's, it's, a, it's the simple piece is that you just get confidence. You get momentum. Um, you get in rhythm. I mean, when you score on the first possession like we did, um, you know, and, and you win the first half, you win the first quarter, uh, when you start to get off to a good pace there, you do a good job right for two-minute getting points um, in that middle eight, three points in that middle eight. You wanted, you wanted four more on top of that with the touchdown there. Uh, there's just a, there's a confidence about it when you start fast. And, um, and, and I think our guys understand that you can see it, you can feel it. Um, and so it, it was good to get good to get that going back again.
4: It's the fast start, I think is, is one thing. And I think it's, it's also important, like to set the tone for a game or for a half and looking at this game against Fresno state, it really seemed like that was the case for both halves. the first half, you start with a good possession, a nice long drive ends with points, Um, And then for the rest of that first half, you dominate time of possession. And it was you almost doubled up time of possession against Fresno. Um, You establish a run game, things like that. Second half, they come out with the ball, and they pretty much do the same thing from their offensive standpoint. Maybe this is just me being an offensive guy, but how important is offensive tone setting for halves or games or just for the way a game can flow um, and and be in control of things from an offensive standpoint?
2: Well, I mean, it's it's huge. I mean, the 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 time of possession is an important deal. It's not the end all, obviously. I mean, uh, you want to be able to control the game, um, control, and, and really, and, and within that, obviously, is be in in manageable situations is an important piece because you extend drives, there's first downs involved, and you build momentum, and you start take you start dictating the pace of the game. And uh, the 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 I think the the next step to that a little bit too is there's some times in games where. Um, you know, if you're moving the ball and you're, and you're doing what we're kind of doing, I, I, there's a piece of me that, that saw it. I know – you know, I, know I don't know what, what their plan was or not. Some teams slow it down because you're like, man, we got to slow it down a little bit because we need to take some time off the clock because this is back and forth. I mean, it's one punt in that game, you know. And uh, and so whether it be, you know, whoever you're playing, I mean, there's a piece to the chess game that way. Um, but obviously controlling the tempo of the game and, and moving the ball effectively um, is what you got to do, especially when you're playing good teams, man. you got to – all possessions matter and uh, to have explosive plays and efficient football is a, a big deal.
1: You listen to the Marcus Arroyo Radio Show. Head coach Marcus Arroyo Rebels this Saturday night at Hawaii, the last road game of the regular season. Russ Langer here, along with Caleb Herring and Steve Cofield. We'll take another break, but first, up your gym game at EOS Fitness, a proud partner of UNLV. Join today for as low as nine ninety nine a month. Come visit online or join at Join EOS.com. Join EOS.com. EOS Fitness, better gym, better price. A whole lot more with the Marcus Arroyo Radio Show on the UNLV Sports Network on Learfield.
0: It's the UNLV Football Coaches Show with head coach Marcus Arroyo on ESPN Las Vegas.
1: Welcome back to the Marcus Arroyo Radio Show. The Rebels, four and six on the year, two and four in Mountain West play this Saturday at Hawaii. And the Rainbow Warriors are two and nine, one and five in Mountain West play. And right now, uh, we've got our head coach uh, Marcus Arroyo chatting with
4: us as we move on with the Marcus Arroyo Radio Show. Yeah, and you're talking about the Fresno State game. Just a, a peek back again last week. It was a fun game. I know that for you know for me, <laughs> it's different. I'm up in the press box and down on the field is probably a little bit more intense than what I'm watching. But it was entertaining and fun. And part of that was the back and forth nature. And when you put your team up against a high-powered offense, and we talked about Jake Hayner and what that skill group over there in Fresno has been able to do over the seems like the last decade that they've been together. Um, but going up against them, you have an understanding that you're going to have to respond. There's going to be plays to be made where uh, they're going to make plays, they're going to score points. How did you, you feel your team responded um, throughout the course of the game, whether it was playing from in front, overcoming a deficit, and so on and so forth?
2: Well, I, I think there's a there was a you know uh, a lot a lot more maturity um, in the second full season that I saw our guys play with in regards to knowing that they're going to have to go back to bat, um, however it may be on defense on special teams or offense. And hey, we got to get back out there. Let's go. Get back out there. Let's go. Get back out there. Let's go. Like basically ignore the scoreboard and we got to go and. Uh, I think that that's that intent has has been a maturity of the group. Um, I think it's been part of obviously a, a job, a good, great job by our coaching staff to be able to guys to think that way instead of thinking, you know, early programs, immature programs, selfish programs, or just you know ones that that have a hard time doing that um, are ones that you know are are usually. Um, they're inconsistent in thinking that, that that the game's over maybe when you're up by whatever, two scores or whatever it may be, and, and not really tied into the game or the relativeness of of who's across the sideline. And so um, I was excited about our guys' maturity and their and their onus in, in regards to understanding how that game needed to be played and that it was gonna be all the way to the end.
4: One of the things that I think is is from a psychological standpoint, the game and having played and and experienced at this, especially at the quarterback position, is sort of the the I, the mental defeat of leaving the field as a quarterback on third down and trotting out your field goal kicker. I mean, once or twice, it's okay. But there's a stretch of three possessions in a row, I believe it was, where the offense couldn't overcome in the red zone. Is there ever a point where you feel on the sideline where it's like, okay, we're getting points, we're responding, goods being been phenomenal, but the sideline now is starting to feel a little bit anxious about not being able to score in the red zone. Is there that, that ever a thing that – you feel on the sideline, that's palpable. The energy on the sideline changes when you have to kick field goals like that.
2: Well, it does, but that's your job. That, that's the job of the coaches and the staff. And, and, and because that's a human nature, But what you've got to do, that anxiety of, oh, can we score, is why you see why I'm so at crazy about when we come off. Um, and you, you probably see me a lot. Do it a lot. I grab the quarterback immediately. We play back, not that starting and really we reverse engineer it, go from back to back to forward. All right, let's play this back. How did we get to that point? What happened in the last drive? What was the protection? What did we need to get to? What was the coverage on that one? Let's rewind it. How do we get to that spot? And so you reduce anxiety by being honest with the guys and telling them either you're hey I got to get you in a better position to do this, or hey you got to remember that's exactly what we talked about, or Hey, that was a drive ago that re- that's the reality of it. You can't let it hang on and, and kind of be ambiguous. Like, Oh man, no, you, there's, it's not usually that gray. Something happens somewhere. And, and sometimes it's like, you know what? They just did a better job. Got, it. or you, or Hey, you were too, you did something, but rarely is it just unknown. And I think that the job of, of us as coaches and, and what we believe in, what I believe in is, you got to grab guys sit them down okay let's recall that series let's go through protection what was it for what happened what 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 put us in situation where we couldn't put it in the end zone and then you got to get it fixed and and when you're playing good opponents sometimes that's harder than it, than it seems but more often than not it's going to be something where you're like man if we we got to understand what we needed to get done there and um as you grow you get better at that and and i know that our guys uh understand that the anxiety has to go away fast because there's no time for crying over spilled milk man you got to go we need another series we need another drive we got to go
4: and I just want to zoom in on quarterback for a minute and Doug's growth and his maturity. And you talked a little bit in the press conference about decision-making and the speed of decisions. Obviously, everything speeds up in the red zone, execution, decision-making, things like that. Um, but just talk about uh, the the speed of decision-making. I, I've, I've noticed, and maybe it's just me paying attention to it, that you guys are playing a little bit later into the play clock, so to speak. Um, there's some checks that are going on at the line of scrimmage communication, which is all it's all good stuff. Um, But is there, one, ever a worry um, that the check war starts? That's what we used to call it when I was playing. And we always – we had a fail-safe play that if I get into a check war out on the field, hey, this is what we're doing. We can run into anything. That's the call. Go with it. Um, Does that ever creep into the back of your mind as a play quarter when when you're looking at Doug and the way he's checking and making decisions pre-snap? Is that ever a concern when you you start getting into those check wars at the line of scrimmage?
2: Uh, You know – no, I think our process. To, without getting into the exact how we do it, um, you can get. I think that I've been, I've seen where that can be a problem with some teams that want to get into the best play as opposed to getting into the getting into something about the play that makes the play profitable. I think that's more of our our deal. For instance, if there's a protection issue, you got to check it. We're not ones. I'm not a believer in just hey, forget it. Quarterback just figured out, and we're going to just throw hot and we're going to hope we're I'm not we're, we're going to teach it at a higher grade than that because collectively over the over the mark of time you're going to have you're going to have better production that way um, it may suck early because you're going to you got to, to learn that process but we're not one that's going to skip that process uh, so it's not so much a check wars i think that there's some things showing up right now that teams are starting to really respect what we're doing um, and so we're seeing some looks that are going to take the, going to take some unwinding it's not just simple red cover four and a four man rush. That, I don't, I don't, <laughs> that ain't part of the deal anymore. You got a quarterback who's scoring in the red zone. He can use his feet. Um, you got a back who's running really hard. And, and the, when we do some things that, that, that are hard, but we got to be more productive in understanding what we're getting and how we get to it fast. It, it, we can do a better job. I can do a better job um, as I teach these guys how to do that, and, and let alone some certain calls if I'm too aggressive in certain natures whatever the case may be. Um, but the check war stuff hasn't really, hasn't really gotten into my mind. Like Caleb, it's more, um, you know, what are we getting and how do we answer it? And, uh, and our guys understand that they're the red zone. And for the quarterbacks, the time and the distance and the change of scheme down there is something you have to learn because it's different than the open field. Everything quickens up, shortens up, and there's a different scheme for most teams at some break point between the 20 and the goal line. And you got to find out where that's at for teams before they're going to change up their defense. So, uh, it's a process, and 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 we've been really good at it. Sometimes, other times, we need to be we need to make sure we, we finish and capitalize.
4: And it's, sometimes in the red zone, and this is this is one of the beautiful things about the game of football and sports and competition in general. Is sometimes the best play is the fifty fifty play, right? It's the play that your guys just got to go make a special play, come down with the ball. And there was, I guess, two plays that stick out. Uh, where both teams were in the situation, same thing, I, almost identical plays, and obviously in the end zone. It's the fifty fifty ball in the red zone. Ricky White and Pope for them, and both receivers had the opportunity. How how difficult it maybe as it from a coaching standpoint. I know playing the game, it's your numbers called. You you feel the pressure of making that play. How do you get to the point as a coach where you trust that to be the right play, to be the the play call? Because we've seen Ricky come down with that ball, and then now obviously last week we see he, he doesn't come up with it. How tough is it to know and understand as a coach that's the best play for what the defense has given us?
2: Well, I mean, if it's it's the best play, if it's if, you, if you've thrown it and you've done it before and that's what you know you're confident in doing. I mean, we saw it. I mentioned it after the press conference. I said, you know, it's it's shame on Ricky if he doesn't catch it. And then three weeks ago and he caught it, everyone's like, yeah, great job. You should do that. You know, it's like one of those deals where, <laughs> damn it if you do, damn it if you don't. Right. Um, but that we're going to do that. We believe that those guys have produced that play before. And and a one-on-one situation with our wide receivers and, and, and or, or other teams that we've seen and our people and across – college land or football landscape or saying, Hey, if that's your play, if you're going to give that to us, we believe in it. And uh, we've proved we can do it. It can't be something you just believe to, to, you know, you know, sometimes there's those plays you're like, Oh, that looks really good on paper. That's great on the board. I've seen some, but you don't execute it. Well, you do have to be honest with yourself. Um, So we're not, we're not in those very often. We believe in the certain plays that we're running. Uh, Those, those are two good examples of, of what we call shot to win on either side of the ball. Um, I bring it up. I mentioned it, I, I grab those one clips and I say, hey, this is that shot to win. This is those two percent in a game. And and I bring it back to our attention why we work, why one-on-ones on a Wednesday in the red zone today, um, in period eight of practice is an important is important, or why I show a spring drill from April of one clip in an individual period pre-practice of Ricky working a jump drill tear ball which is exactly what it was in the right end of the end zone. And it's him doing the clip. And you're like, man, look, that's everyday drill. This is why we do it, man. And so the emphasis is, is that clip in practice, did you think it was going to be versus Fresno before half in the right corner one-on-one? Well, shoot, I don't know. Well, that's that's intent. That's deliberateness. And so it's my job as a coach and our coach to keep presenting those type of, those type of pictures so that guys can see um, how it can tangibly play out. And that shot to win really matters.
1: Marcus Arroyo Radio Show, right here as we continue our conversation with the coach. Winter, of course, fast approaching, and soon it'll be time to fire up the furnace on your home. Give the Yes Man a call to get your system tuned up. Call Yes Air Conditioning and Plumbing at 702-888-4937 at 702-888-4937 or visit them at www.theyesmancan.com. To set up an appointment today, we've got a lot more with head coach Marcus Arroyo coming up on the Marcus Arroyo Radio Show and the UNLV Sports Network on Learfield. It's the
0: UNLV Football Coaches Show with head coach Marcus Arroyo on ESPN Las Vegas.
1: Hello, Las Vegas. Hello, Sunset over the Strip. Intermountain Healthcare is here to be part of your Las Vegas life. And they're here to help you live an even healthier one. Intermountain Healthcare, official healthcare partner of UNLV Athletics. And it's time for the Coach's Look Ahead, presented by Pueblo Medical Imaging. Coach, uh, Hawaii's offense did a pretty good job of competing against Utah State. What is the key to stopping them?
2: Well, it'd be no different than we've done. Everybody, not, not to not to minimize them. They'll do a great job. They've gotten better every week. Uh, they're they're gelling. They're starting to understand put themselves a little bit better. They're they're putting their guys in positions. It seems um, that to make plays. And so uh, we've got to really focus on what we need to do and what we need to improve on to eliminate that and what's got us and and things like that uh, in, in the past weeks um, to make sure we can ensure when we play play them uh, this weekend that we're we're dialed in.
4: Preparing for Hawaii's offense, just looking at the stats and the way they distribute the ball kind of evenly across the, the skill positions where there's plenty of receivers with tons of catches on the year, does that maybe make it more difficult to, to pinpoint, I guess, a focal point of their offense where maybe the difference is saying, hey, this is their guy, they're trying to get him the ball, or this is what they do. Uh, it seems like they got a pretty even distribution. Is that a, a different challenge for a defensive scheme?
2: Yeah, I mean, it's it, not very different. You you go into it collectively, saying that you've got to be balanced as a defensive tack, and and whether it's getting to the quarterback, it's being gaps, get, being fundamentally sound in in gaps for for run game, um, knowing how to, to how if you get isolated in, in coverage, what your what your fundamentals are and where your weaknesses are. I mean, they're all uh, that's part of defensive football. Um, and so we they're doing a good job of distributing the ball and being back and moving the thing around. And so I think that's a good challenge for us. That's that's we we need that. Um, we need to make sure that that we're we're tied in in all phases, um, starting up front to the second level where AJ's got to get us communicated in the back end with with Ricky and Dre and Noel and Jono and those guys playing playing really solid football uh, because it'll it'll be out there, it'll be inside, it'll be outside, and, and I think the guys the uh, guys understand that that's got to be we got to play a whole a whole a whole side of it.
3: Boy, oh boy, playing defense against Hawaii. Uh, can you tell us about this Tylen Hines kid who I guess was going to be an Air Force guy and then. Lands at Hawaii, and all of a sudden they're starting to give him 9, 10, 11 touches a game, and he's averaging upwards of like nine yards a carry.
2: Yeah, pretty dynamic, um, you know. And he's a guy who touches the ball. You got to first of all, you got to know where he's at, and then if he touches the ball, you got to be able to be fundamental and and be able to know where you fit and and how you can make a play on him with the ball because he's dynamic. Um, he's a he's a guy in this conference that can that can beat you, and um, our guys understand that, and they're, they're they gotta, they got they got a task for sure with that guy.
4: I mean, this is this is like a, a tough time of year because they're trending upward. And it's been like that really for, you know, the past few weeks where teams are figuring it out across the conference late in the season as you guys are rebounding from a tough stretch with injuries and, and whatnot. But it seems like there's a danger to Hawaii. And I, I always I always feel like this, especially going to Hawaii, that there's a, a certain danger looming with this team that it's kind of a wild card. You don't really know what you're gonna get, but it does it feel like that at all? Like I don't wanna call it a trap game. But coming into this game where it's like, hey, you know there's a lot riding on the line. This team is is going in the right direction. Let's not get caught sleeping out the wheel here.
2: Yeah, I mean you can't. You gotta you gotta be really, really forthright with your program with, with anybody. It's a like I said, it's a conference game, so it's important. It's on the road, so it's important. It's another game that is really important for our program, so it's really important. Uh I'm not minimizing who we're playing by any stretch of imagination. These guys can beat you just like anybody else. You got to play good football and they're hard to play. They play really hard. It's senior night. It's on there. It's at their place. I think if there's anything, it's a long, there's a lot of excuses that can be made. And I told our team today um, that there's a lot of, there's a lot of, a lot of minds and a lot of people that go to games like this and they take a six hour flight and they play over in a smaller stadium and, and they get neutralized by certain aspects of things that have nothing to do with the game. And, and they let that seep, seep into their, their mental or emotional preparation. And, and then you show up and these guys play physical and fast and they play well over there. And so, you know, I think that there are guys that have done a good job, um, you know, for the most part of understanding what kind of mentality and identity we need to play with. And and uh, we need to make sure when we pack our bags, we pack it no different than we're going to
1: Allegiant. Back with our final moments with Head Coach Marcus Arroyo, the Marcus Arroyo Radio Show. Russ Langer here at Caleb Herring and Steve Cofield. Back with our final segment after this. This is the UNLV Sports Network from Learfield. It's the
0: UNLV Football Coaches Show with Head Coach Marcus Arroyo on ESPN Las Vegas.
1: Head Coach Marcus Arroyo joining us as the rebels prepare to do battle on the islands this Saturday night. Coach, uh, discuss the contributions of Brennan Logan and, and the way he was able to step up on Friday.
2: Yeah, Brennan's done a good job preparing um, the season for us, and we're fortunate to have him, obviously, because, you know, you run into you know the injury bug a little bit. You get some guys banged up uh, towards the middle or late in the season, and, and you need guys to step in. And out and O line, it's hard, man. Uh, it's hard to get in there. And like we said before, the gel and the chemistry of five guys playing on a string is really, really pivotal. So, for him to come in and, and to play and to step in in that game versus quality opponent was, was was really nice to see.
3: Yeah, I get a real kick out of uh seeing, you know, some of the backup offensive linemen get in there. I know it might be nerve-wracking, but you've actually had pretty good health uh, along the offensive line, the, the last couple of years, so it was good to see Logan in there. I asked you a question on a Monday at the press conference about PFF rankings, and you know I mentioned Logan ranked really high. Davion McDaniel at right tackle did not. You, I'm not going to push back a little bit. And you're like, what are you basing that on? I'm I'm not watching uh, Davion and what he's doing during the game most of the time. Um, so I was basing it on the PFF rankings. Did you want to push back on PFF a little bit and how people grade
2: offensive linemen? No, that's that That's you're not going to tee that one up for me. No, I just <laughs> I want to I want to make sure that, yeah. that 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 guys aren't, um, you know, and this is this is this is the reality of it. Right. This is what this is what we do. This is what you do. And, and, and the reality of it is we want to make sure that guys get judged on the right scale and then they're not used um, as conversation topics based on based on. Um, you know, biases or, or or eyes of beholders that may not have a qualitative or right. quantitative ability to assess them, and all of a sudden, they've got to read this. Their parents got to read it, and we got to hear about it. And so, I just I, I've always been that way. I've always been very articulate in regards to like, okay, give me give me your breakdown. Um, because the other piece of it too is, 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 as I've been in this a long time. Um, and there's been good ones and there's been really bad ones. I've seen those grades and go, oh, that's pretty damn cool. That's pretty cool. And, and honestly, the ones we've had are, are really good because yeah. um, we see them, we show to them. But I've also been a part of them where they, I, I know how they're done at certain times. I uh, won't we'll get into that. Um, I know the nature of, the, of, of how they've been done, who does them, how the whole process works. And that's really somewhat disappointing to hear how some of it happens. Um, and so that part of it in my career has, has been one I've been like, yeah, all right. But I just want to make sure that guys are getting a fair assessment based on qualitative eyes and biases. And I think that, um, there are certain places where, um, those things are really, really good. And there's certain places that you need to make sure that, um, we're not hanging our judgment on, on something that we just, uh, you know, we we don't know, even know who did it. And, um, I think it's just important. It's an important thing. And I know you, I know I'm, that wasn't nothing to say about you, Steve. It was more just uh, a background with it. I mean, I had. PFF guys bounce back about Herbert over the over three years or, you know, and I'm like, oh, okay, really? Yeah, that, that sounds pretty accurate. And I don't know if those guys still are working, but I have a copy. <laughs> um, okay. So it's just those things in the past. Anyways, uh, they Davion and Brandon, Brandon graded out really well, did a really nice job. Davion moved a different position and played a really quality opponent on the right defensive end of Fresno. Um, and I think that was a challenge. And I think that playing on the other side, playing with a, with a different right, the other thing some people don't know too is, you got to remember when a when a tackle moves over, he's playing with a different guard. So there's communication that you develop with the guy inside of you that now is brand new from the guy on the other side. You've never heard that guy talk to you certain ways, nor does he say the same things. Do you communicate the same effect? So there's there's a piece to that that, that I think uh, that is worth understanding.
4: And I think there's another piece too that it just hit me. Is it playing right tackle with a left-handed quarterback? Defenses maybe attack the right tackle differently than they normally do the left tackle. It's... And that may be a little bit confusing, but the Doug's back is to the right tackle, which is generally where defenses try to be irritating or put their best pass rusher is to the quarterback's right. back. So that also right. plays a factor, too, with Daniel side. Yeah. Yep. yep.
2: Yeah. And so that, that that's for sure. maybe uh, you gonna And that that's kind of what I'm alluding to is you get there's a different style of play on one side, the other that can dictate. Um, your ability to process or, or react or the fundamentals are different on that side. I mean, number one, you just set different, like your, your feet are switched. And so there's a different piece of that, but I think it's really, I think it's healthy. I think it's really good for him um, because if he wants to play it and he's got, he's been talked about for a while here and, and some of the guys who've come through that we know really well. And, and he's a guy that the potential Sunday guy for some guys. And, and so that's exciting to see him get some position flexibility because that's a big piece of the next
1: level. Coach, we appreciate it. Thanks a lot. We'll see you on the plane. All right, guys, see you tomorrow. Head coach Marcus Arroyo, yes, indeed. Head coach Marcus Arroyo joining us, the Marcus Arroyo Radio Show, and we really appreciate you tuning in. On behalf of Steve Cofield and Caleb Herring, Russ Langer, wishing you all a very pleasant evening. Rebels at Hawaii this Saturday, 8 o'clock Pacific time. Join us right here, ESPN, 1100 AM, 100.9 FM, and we'll have all the action for you. The Marcus Arroyo Radio Show. This is the UNLV Sports Network from Learfield.
0: You've been listening to the Marcus Arroyo Show, brought to you by Fenley Chevrolet. Fenley Chevrolet is your home of the Woo, located on the 215 Beltway between Rainbow and Jones. And by Dossekis, a proud sponsor of UNLV Athletics. Get a dose. Enjoy Dossekis responsibly. The preceding has been a Learfield presentation of the Rebel Sports Network.